You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Hey, Pastor Jürgen Matesius here. I'm so glad you tuned in for another Awakened Church message. And I hope that this one awakens great things on the inside of you. The title of my message today is The Hidden Revealed or The Mystery Revealed. The Mystery Revealed. Come with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 16. We're going to read two verses in Exodus chapter 16. We're going to read verse 15 and then we're going to jump to verse 31. But The Hidden Revealed or The Mystery Revealed. Uh, One of the most amazing things about God is that you and I would have no way of knowing Him unless God chose to reveal Himself to you. We would would have no access. We would be completely oblivious to the reality of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, unless He had revealed Himself. God has chosen to reveal Himself to His people. Moses And the Israelites couldn't come up with the law. They couldn't come up with righteousness. They couldn't come up. Moses had to leave and go up onto a mountaintop into the presence of God, responding to the promptings and the leadings of God for him to have a revelation of God's righteousness, God's holiness, and God's law. All the way through the scripture, God reveals his identity. God reveals his nature. God reveals his character. God reveals his plans. That the greatest gift in this life, the greatest privilege that you and I have is when we open the scriptures, that the Holy Spirit is so magnificent. He's such a beautiful helper that he reveals the Father. Jesus says, do not think that I've come to speak of myself but I've come to show you the Father. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, then we'll believe. And Jesus says, Philip, have I been with you so long and you don't recognize me? Jesus didn't come to reveal himself, but he came to reveal the Father. He knew that the greatest revelation you and I can have is of God. The Bible says in Daniel 11, 32, it says, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We want to be people that know God. We want to to know Him and make Him known. Amen? Amen. So come with me. Are you all there? Exodus 16, verse 15. Uh, Let me find it, if I can find it. All right. So Exodus 15, uh, 16, verse 15, it says this. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. This was their, they're in the desert. Remember, they're piping off. They're complaining. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. God and you, Moses the leader, did not think this plan through. Yes, you got us out of Egypt. But at least in Egypt, with stripes on our back, with whips and scourge on our backs, at least we had food in our bellies. At least we had onions and leeks and fish. Now, all right, we're not getting whipped and bullied and we're not slaves anymore. But where's the McDonald's? Where's the In-N-Out Burger? There's no food out here. As though God can't provide. One of the, one of the greatest tragedies is when, when you have been a slave for so long, when you, when you have been a victim class for so long, it's so hard to break from when you've been... People that come from legalism into our church, people who came from churches that were controlled, you know, uh, a boy can't have long hair over his collar, or a woman is not allowed to wear jeans, legalism, no makeup, all that kind of stuff. When they come into our church, they freak out because 
all of a sudden there's a freedom here that they, and it's much easier just to go back, you tell me what to do, tell me, tell me, tell me. The children of Israel were like, at least back there we had guaranteed three meals. Do you know a lot of people who get out of prison repeat offend because they got so used to the prison system of three meals a day, not having to worry about where they live, not worrying about a, a bed to sleep in or in a roof over their head, that when they come out, they, they freak out with it and they reoffend, not because they're just, you know, genetically disposed to, to criminal activity, but because of fear of freedom, fear of the unknown, they step back into that. Children of Israel are here and now they're in the wilderness and they're crying out and God is trying to say, hey, listen, this life is about you stepping out of, stepping into the unknown so that you can discover me. You will never discover God in the safe. You will never discover God in the safe and you will never discover God in the familiar of the past. It's in the stepping out into the future. So, so God says, I will send, I've got this. Tell them I've got it. I'm going to rain down bread every day except on Shabbat except on Saturday. Saturday, no one's together. Friday, I'll, I'll double it. And what's interesting, if you read the story and we don't have time, they go out on, on Sabbath looking for it and there isn't any. They go out looking for it and then some kept some over and then got maggots in it. And so Moses is like, how long are you guys going to be rebellious against God? Why can't you trust God? Trust Him. So now come to verse 31. Exodus 16, verse 31, says that, And the house of Israel called its name manna. And it was like coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. All right? We got all of that? So they, they got bread in the wilderness, and they said, Man, what is this stuff? And then a few verses later, they call it manna. They call it manna. All right, now come with me uh, to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. Gospel of Luke chapter 24. We're going to start reading in verse 17. This is Jesus. He's now risen from the dead and he's appearing to the disciples. But you, you'll notice a peculiarity when you read the Gospels, the risen Jesus, he looked different. He didn't look the same. So they're like, I think this is Jesus, and he had to reveal himself, but they're like, man, is this really? Because they met a 30-year-old Jesus with a beard. When Jesus rose again from the dead, I'm not sure if he had a beard, but, but he's, in his, he's in his eternal state, and I honestly believe that he probably looked 18 or 19, because that's how we'll live, that's how we'll, we'll forever be young in heaven. Forever young, I want to be. That's how we're going to look when we get to heaven. And so they didn't know him at 18, 19. They knew him at 30 and they didn't. And so that's why they're a little bit, hang on, is this? So you'll, you'll see that. Now, on the road to Emmaus, there are two disciples and they're brokenhearted. They're brokenhearted and they've heard reports that some people have seen Jesus. And so they're walking along and the Bible says that Jesus came and joined them as they were walking. And as they were walking, Jesus says this in verse 17. He says, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another and you as you walk and you're sad and then they're like oh you know the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him are you the only stranger in Jerusalem have you not known the things which happened there in these days and he said oh what things and they said the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth there was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people it's interesting he went from Mashiach down to prophet 
and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, but we were hoping, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive and certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they didn't see him there. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus right now gives them basically a, a sermon, a homily, a Bible study going all the way back to Genesis and showing him every scripture where he is, showing them every scripture where he is, right? But watch this. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that, watch this, now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Now watch this, verse 31, underline verse 31, then, everyone say then. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? as he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. And so they recognized Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the true bread that came down from heaven. Jesus is the manna that came down from heaven. What's interesting is that the manna was prophetic. It was prophetic because the word manna in Hebrew literally means what is it? The reason they called it manna is because they don't know what on earth it is. So they're like, what, what is it? So they called it, what is it? Indicating that when, when Mashiach, when Jesus, when the Messiah would come to his own people, the Jewish people, they wouldn't recognize him. It wouldn't be obvious to them that he would have to reveal himself and that people would believe their way into the kingdom. So Jesus is the manna. He is the bread that came down to heaven that gives us life in the journey. The Bible says that when they entered into the promised land, as soon as they entered into the promised land, the manna ceased. In this life, in this life, Jesus is the bread. Jesus is our Savior. He's the one that redeems us, delivers us, washes away our sins, cleanses us from all unrighteousness, breaks the power of evil, breaks every chain, loses every cord. He is the bread of heaven as we are in this wilderness. When Once we get to heaven, redemption we will need no longer we will be redeemed but in this time Jesus is the bread of heaven the disciples are sitting with him and they don't recognize him with the physical eye because he's hidden he's hidden but but Jesus does something that is crazy he takes the bread remember remember on the on the, the the last supper he takes the bread and he says breaks it and he says take eat this is my body given for you which is interesting because if I was Jesus I would have said excuse me Jesus hey been to Bible college. Uh, 
it's Passover. You're the Passover lamb. Just put the bread and wine aside. I, you know, we'll, we'll drink some wine afterwards, but why don't you just point at the Passover lamb and tell him how you're the lamb of God. Remember John the Baptist said, like the illustration that night should have been that I'm the Passover lamb. But Jesus said, you know what? They're gonna, I know they're going to get that. I need to reveal to them that I am the mystery revealed. I'm the one that is hidden, that make myself known. And so he takes the bread and he says, this is my body broken, takes the wine and he says, this is my blood shed for you. I say all of that to say this, that when Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. Jesus is revealed in fellowship. Jesus is not revealed in law. He's not revealed in liturgy. He's not revealed in dogma. He's not revealed in steeples. He's not revealed in, 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 in uh, re religious obligations and duties. Jesus reveals himself in relationship. The, the, the entire agenda of God is relationship. There's one miracle. It's the only miracle that's in all four Gospels. And you've heard me preach this before, so you'll, you should know the answer. And it's where Jesus feeds the 5,000. It's the only miracle that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were, were absolutely fastidious. They were absolutely determined that even though you've got it, Luke, I'm writing it, Matthew. And even though Mark's got it, John says, you know what, I'm going to write it as well. I'm not going to write a Gospel. I'm not going to write an account of Jesus and not put this story in there. Why is that? Because, because it, is the, it is the miracle that most describes this life, this side of heaven. Your life, my life, this side of heaven. Your life, my life, this side of heaven will be the place where the vision before you is always going to be greater than the resources with you. The vision in front of you will always be greater than the resources with you. So Jesus says, don't dismiss the crowd. Do not get rid of the vision. Do not get rid of what is in front of you. Because remember, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, send the multitudes away, 5,000 men plus women and children. We don't have enough. Even a year's wages is not enough that everyone should have a little. Send them or let them fend for themselves. Let's not take that response. And Jesus says, no, you sit them down in groups of 50 because there's a little lad here with five loaves and two fish. Jesus is teaching the disciples something and he takes the five loaves of the two fish, looking up to heaven, he blesses, he breaks, distributes, and we know the story. So Jesus is trying to teach us that, that if we can, that, that in this life, God will always give you a vision that is greater than your resources because God wants to be involved in your world. God wants you and I to learn how to engage him. So you can come to San Diego and stand at the airport with your bride and your three little boys with no church, with no, no one to meet you, no one to pick you up, no, no, no envoy, no welcome committee, no house to live in, nowhere to stay, but you're a dream in your heart. All that you've got is a few resources that literally may run out after a few months. That's, and that's all you've got. Your life savings is in your hand. But you know that the vision in front of you is so great that it came from God. And if you will, if you will just sit them down in groups, if, if you will just engage God, if you will learn how to engage God, you'll find that God is able to multiply that which you have sown so that you don't need to compromise, compromise the vision in front of you. In fact, he will, not only, he will not only meet the four locations, but He will expand that to where 16 locations because well done, good and faithful servant, you were faithful over here, now I'm going to elevate to there. 
I want you to understand that. But let, let me go back to this scripture because it's really interesting. The Bible says when he took the bread, when he took the bread, he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and then their eyes were open. He took it, he blessed it, he broke it and then he gave it. Then their eyes were open. Then they knew him. God is a tooker. God tooks things. He tooks people. Have you been took by God? You don't join the church as an organization. You don't join the church like you join a gym. Hey, yeah, you know, I need some spiritual muscle. You know what? I'm, I might go and see what they got down at Awaken Church. I got took by God. I got took by God. I was took. At 18 years of age, I was took. I tried everything the world had, using people, using staff, smoking dead leaves, thinking there was life in death. If something else would die, I would have drinking, but I was empty until I met Jesus Christ. Once I met Jesus Christ, oh, even though I lost all my friends, even though I lost everything, I, I was smitten. I was took. I was took by God. Went to Bible college. I've got to admit, I was took with my Leanne too. When God said, this is the one for you, I'm like, God, you are so good at took. Because <laughs> once I started courting her, I was head over heels took with Leanne. I think she may have had a level of took because she married me at 17, moved away from her mum and dad, moved away from her family, went into full-time ministry at 17 in a foreign nation in, in New Zealand. And together we were took by God. We just wanted to serve God. We just wanted to, we wanted to do whatever he wanted us to do. We were took. A took person doesn't ask what it costs anymore. When God said, at the end of seven years, I want you to go to Sydney. Oh, but they don't have a job for you. And you're going to live on the northern beaches, the most expensive real estate. We didn't bat an eyelid. We, it, it, we had two little boys. I had the question, how are we going to make it happen? But we were so took. We were so took that uh, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is all about took. He says, what is the kingdom of heaven like? It's like a man searching for fine pearls. He says, when he finds one pearl of great price, he goes... And he sells everything he has. And he buys that pearl, took. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds treasure buried in a field. For joy over it, he hides it again. So now, and then he sells everything that he has. And he buys the field. He doesn't take the treasure, he buys the field. Why, why would you buy the field? There's responsibility. You've got to weed the thing. You've got to water the thing. You've got to irrigate the thing. You've got to fence the thing. You've got to de-rock the thing. Because he's took. He's took. To enjoy the treasure, he takes the responsibility of the field. He's took. The kingdom of heaven is all about took. John Heinrichs got healed in a hospital bed and he was took. Gave up making big money in commercial real estate. Said, I want to serve Jesus. And we employed him as our, <laughs> I feel so bad, as our events person. And after he accepted the role, after he accepted the role, he said to Leanne and I on the way out, he said, hey, can I just ask one question? And he'd already said yes. And we're like, sure, what is it? He goes, isn't this a girl's job? <laughs> we're like, not anymore. He was the first events person. Becky Lynn Heinrichs took. Dr. Matt and Michaela. I mean, they could have the most awesome life, the most amazing life. He is the greatest chiropractor. Well, I mean, worry-free, carefree. You wouldn't have to deal with pastoral nightmares and headaches and 
drama and confrontation and betrayal and all that kind of stuff. And they could have the cruisiest life. They could have the cruisiest life, but they got took. They got took by God. They got took by God. Stacy Capaldi was working at Paychex, writing all their, their, their programs, making over $130,000 a year. And when we put her on, we put her on $35,000. Just a took. Jess and Kat Sullivan came with orders, thinking they might stay for three or four years in San Diego. It's pretty expensive. We'll move back away. But they got took. They got took by God. The kingdom is all about, have you been took? And you'll know when you're took because nothing else matters. You'll know when you're took because it's not about what, what are the perks? You know, do I get a cell phone? Do I get health benefits? With when you're took, you're took. He, he, he took. You, you can always see the hand of God on somebody when they're took. Have you been took by God? And you'll know that you're took by God because nothing else matters, whatever it costs. If it costs me my whole life, Summer Peterson gets married and she wants to move over. She, we have a honeymoon, then we're moving straight over. And the, the pastoral care team had to say, girl, you are, cra- you are too took. You need to spend at least one year here building a foundation for your marriage. And then if you still feel the same, go. They didn't even finish the year and they were on a plane coming over because she was took. Have you been took? The next sign is, is blessed. What, 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 God, what God tooks, he blesses. If you will allow God to took you, he will bless you. The sign of God is, is blessing. God never took someone and it was to their detriment. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was saying yes to Jesus Christ. The greatest day of your life is where you allow yourself to be took, smitten, where you're just head over heels, where you're just in love, where nothing else matters. But Jesus, you will find that a blessing flows towards your life that is unparalleled, that is unprecedented, that goes beyond anything that you could do with your natural hand. He blessed. It's the sign of, of God's hand. But watch this. Once you're took and blessed, you'll enjoy the blessings. But then after a while, you're about to move from blessed into broke. He took, he blessed and then he breaks. And the breaking is, is I'm so blessed. M- remember the lepers who went out? They said, why sit here till we die? Why sit here till we die? And they go down to the Syrian camp. And when they get down to the Syrian camp, just four lepers walking along, when the, the Syrians heard the sound of a mighty army and they fled. And when the lepers got down there, they're gorging themselves on all the food and all the spoil. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh. What we're doing is not right. This is a day of good, not evil. This is a day of rejoicing. Something will happen to us. God will judge us if we don't now go and tell the king and tell everyone and share this bounty, share this blessing, because there's more than enough for us. That's what God does. It's a picture that once you are took by God, why sit here till we die? I feel like I'm meant to do something with my life. I feel like I'm meant to go down to the enemy's camp and bring some, open a can of Jesus whoop. I need to go down. And then all of a sudden you're blessed. But once you're blessed, you're like, I can't just keep this blessing to myself. This blessing needs to go. I need to, I need to minister to other people. You know what? You just moved into broke. You just moved into broke. That's where you resign from paychecks. That's where you stop commercial real estate. That's where you step out and you say, you know what? God, break me with what breaks your heart. Break my heart with what breaks your heart. 
There are people hurting. There are people who are living in chains, people who are living in bondage, people who are living in torment, people who are living in anxiety, people whose lives are a mess, whose marriages are a mess, people who have given up hope, people who have no faith, people who have been victims of abuse. we got to do something. This, I, I've been took by God, and I'm so blessed, but I can't keep this blessing to myself. i gotta, I, I got to allow God to break me. And once you, once you move into that place where, where nothing else, matters where you're broken guess what ministry begins to flow because he says and then he gave and it's in the giving that the multiplication happens it's in the giving with the ministry we're serving and all of a sudden you, we got you know a village in peru couscous peru as dr matt says and uh we, we've got you know orphanages in rosarita mexico we we, we got we're building hospitals in Ghana, but but even more than that, if I was honest with you, th those are all wonderful things, and I praise God for it. But I love San Diego. I'm a missionary to San Diego, and people say, what are you doing for missions? Hello, my accent, I am a missionary. I'm here in San Diego. This is my mission field. I love Emerge. I love that, that we had Andre praying like a boss, prophetic prayer, praying for, uh, you know, that we're ambassadors and this is an embassy and, and this is where God's power resides and this is where people get delivered and people healed because it's a, the representation of the kingdom of God on the earth and, and uh, that, we, that we minister to men and we rebuild men and restructure men who have come under attack. That here at Cherish, we, you know, we're, we're changing what, what you know, Deborah, I, Deborah, a mother arose in those days and put, brought strength and transformation to a community shut down. That's the word for today. And, and then we have a Sterling and Marissa Pyle who have done such a phenomenal job over our college and young adults that, that now there's, there's a generational aspect to them with, with youth. And, and I love, you know, our alliance and Connor Mead who just does a phenomenal job discipling people at our North Campus. And, and th these are people who have moved into, I'm just going to give my life because I've been took by God and I've been blessed and that blessing came to a point where I, I was just broken because I wanted other people to experience what I have and now I just give that's what God wants for your life so in this life as we finish in this life as we finish Jesus is revealed in the process Jesus is revealed in the took in the blessed in the broke and in the gave if, if, if anyone ever challenges you well I don't think that an awakened church they're the Joel Osteen people and they preach a prosperity gospel just say hang on hang on let's have a look yeah. on the road to Emmaus these guys saw Jesus in the following when he took the bread the manna hidden the hidden became revealed because Jesus was took have I been took check the box have I been blessed? Absolutely. The Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that, God, that uh, Jesus became a curse to redeem those from under the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. What's the blessing of Abraham? That you and I are blessed to be a blessing. That you and I are blessed to be a blessing. So took blessed because it's never meant to be just for you. It's always meant, the blessing of God is always meant to go out from you to other people. Broke, broke. Has your heart broken? Has your heart been so stirred that, you know what, I have to do something? John Knox said, I can't go on living unless I do something for Scotland. He said, God, give me Scotland lest I die. The church today in China, the underground church in China, was, all began with a missionary from the United States of America called Hudson Taylor, who said, God, I cannot go on living unless you give me China. Night and day he would cry out. 
And he, he went there persecuted, but he went there and started the underground church that just spread like wildfire. They tried everything to stamp it out, to torture people, to execute people, to kill people. And yet the church continues to flourish because of one man who was took, blessed, and broke. And he gave himself. Took, blessed, broke, gave. The vision in front of you will always be greater than the resources with you. Why is that? So that you get God involved. Don't lower the vision. Don't lower the dream. Just learn in this house, in Awaken, we want to teach you how you can engage God. Jesus is with the disciples, or with Peter, uses his boat, finishes preaching, and says, Simon, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. How many people know that it was Jesus' will to fill the boat with fish? Come on, how many people know it was Jesus' will? And yet, why didn't Jesus just go, and and bring the fish from the deep into the, because Jesus was teaching Simon that this is my will, this is my vision, but you got to launch out into the deep. You've got to engage your faith because I respond to faith. I'm not going to just do things while you sit and observe and watch and critique and judge. No, no, I'm going to get you involved. God is all-powerful. God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. God is good. God is faithful and God is kind, but He doesn't respond to anything other than faith. God responds to faith. God does not respond to need. He responds to faith. They fished all night and caught nothing. There's a lot of people think that God responds to need. God does not. God, I need this. God, I need this. That is awesome that you need it. People need deliverance. People need freedom. People need breakthrough in their marriage. People need breakthrough in their finances. People in third world nations need deliverance. But God is not moved by need. He is moved by faith. So he says to Simon, launch out into the deep. Well, why can't you just bring the fish out of it? Because that's not how this works, Simon. I'm trying to teach you how to engage God. Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. John and Becky launched out into the deep. They, they gave everything up, went into, and now you see the, the catch. You see their beautiful home. They they had an event, was it last Monday where you had the, um, the singles? Friday with the, uh, just um, their home, it looked like an event center. God blessed them. They, they had another pastor come around and go, wow, did you get this before you went into the ministry? No, this is since I was faithful to God because God takes, He blesses, breaks, and gives. Launch out into the deep. Moses, Moses with Exodus, taking Israel out of Egypt, had to engage God. The vision in front of him was to deliver two million Israelites out of Egypt, but he had to engage God. When they got to the Red Sea, it looked impossible. The vision was the land on the other side. All he had with him was a stick. And God said to, to Moses, tell the people to move forward. And he's like, you want me to march them into their death? You want me to march them into the sea and drink? And God says, tell the people to move forward and stretch out your staff and part the seas. Oh, why didn't I think of that? And as he did, as the people move forward under his command, the seas open. You need to understand that as you step, God steps. We're waiting for God to step. He's waiting for you to step. You've got to take a step of faith. Sign up for the pathfinder. Sign up for the apprenticeship. Sign up for the internship. Sign as you take a step, God will meet you. The widow of Zarephath, the widow of Zarephath, how, how, how much easier would it have been for, for the ravens to drop down bread for Elijah and for the widow and her son? But that's not what happened. Elijah goes to the widow 
and he says, make me a small cake. She's like, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have a cake for you. I've got enough flour and enough oil for one last little cake. Me and my son, we're going to eat that last cake. You're not invited, and then we're going to die. And he says, oh, my God. He says, I realize why God brought me to you, sweetie. He says, do everything you said, but do not be afraid. He says, make me a small cake from it first. Because right now, the vision in front of you needs to shift. The bin of flour will not run dry, nor shall the oil, sorry, oil will not run dry, nor will the flour run out. He gives her a fresh vision. He says, but what you got to do is you got to learn to engage God. If you will put God first, if you will bring your tithe into the storehouse, if you will sustain the ministry of God, if you will support the work of God, if you will keep the prophetic utterance of God alive, then what you, if you build his house, he will build your house. If you look after him, he will look after you. As she learned to engage God, the supernatural flowed. Jesus is the mana. Jesus is the what is it? Jesus is the hidden. He's the Messiah that came down. That the Jewish people, the Bible says, there's a veil over their face. They don't recognize him. But the disciples recognize him. We recognize him. How do we recognize him? We recognize him in the breaking of the bread. He took, he blessed, he broke, he gave. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Just turn your palms towards heaven. I just feel such a beautiful anointing and I've gone a few minutes over. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for a room full of people who are took. That I'm telling you, the devil, the devil does not want you to be took. Took means that you literally relinquish lordship over your life. You say, Jesus, you be my Lord. It's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be took. Took says, I place myself in your hands. Not my will, thy will be done. Lord, a room full of took people, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes to build your kingdom, to see Christ elevated, to see a city changed, lives saved, to see marriages, families, men, women, children, to see things shift over our culture. Lord, I want to be took again. And understand this, get ready, because whatever God talks, he blesses. I thank you, I release a fresh wave of blessing over these beautiful people. And then for those, as you begin to swim in the blessing, remember the next step, that God now wants to break that which he's blessed so that he can distribute it out to the multitude. It was when the alabaster jar was broken that the whole house was filled. Before that, the jar was filled with the fragrance. But when it was broken, the whole house was... When your life is broken, the fragrance of Christ, the fragrance of healing, the fragrance of salvation, the fragrance of deliverance fills the entire house. Father, let San Diego be filled with the, the entire fragrance of people that took what was blessed and allowed it to be broken so that we can give San Diego Christ. We can give San Diego hope, faith, deliverance, salvation. Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. We love you. Thank you so much for watching. Go online to awakenchurch.com forward slash Jesus. If you're away from God, come back to God. What are you waiting for? Today, everything can start again. You may say, well, you don't understand what I've done. And you're right, I don't. But there is one who does. And there is one who hung on the cross. And the Bible says he washes away all your sin, not some of them, not most of them, not just the, the you know, the, the, 
all your sins, cleanses you from all unrighteousness so that you can be born again and experience his goodness. We want you to be took, blessed, broke, and distributed. Father, thank you for these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.